and struck, uh, the lightning struck a tree and hit the house and the house caught on fire. They got everybody out safely and everything, so uh, Daddy B is still kicking it at 86. Daddy B is still kicking it at 86. And um, God is doing some amazing things something happens, they call, have to call my honey, and, um, but thanks be unto God that God had a realm in the bush somewhere, and allow all of that to take place, and um, so thank God that they are fine, doing well, eating, they're in a hotel right now, but we're thankful for them, and we honor our relatives and friends that they are safe in Valdosta, because it hit pretty hard there. And so a lot of people lost their homes with trees and debris and all kinds of things went on. But thank God that everybody is safe 
everybody's safe. So thank God for that. And to our wonderful children today, uh, Darius, Donnie, and Myra, we thank you. Uh, we know it's not an easy task being pastors' children because you, you, you're on display all the time, but they do a wonderful job. Thank you for being an example. Thank you. I thank God for them and my grandchildren. Oh, my goodness. I thank God for my grands that uh, keep us going and keep us moving and keep us young. And um, if I can start with a funny, the, one of the funniest things that, that I think Myra has shared with me about the children, um, she takes them to get a haircut, and uh, the barber gives Eli uh, do-rag and give him some little waves, you know. And so he's been wearing that at night. <laughs> so he woke up Friday morning and said, Mommy, where's my wig? <laughs> I said, what? He called his do-rag his wig. I said, oh, my, Mommy, where's my wig? I lost my wig. I'm like, oh, my. He's been watching a lot of us, huh? <laughs> I said, oh, my goodness, but they are so fun to be around. So I'm thankful for little EJ and Eli being in our lives, how God brought them on the scene for such a time as this, and they just keep you rolling, you know? And so, um, but I, I, I don't want to hold you long because, again, uh, this is a celebration for our wonderful bishop, and we have some other things after this. Um, but I do want to... Uh, share just a few nuggets with you and of course I'm going to be in reference to uh, Bishop talking about bishops and um, his life and how his life has blessed me and my family but of course I want to uh, minister to the people of God that's out in the audience today if you allow me to do so and um, one thing that just kind of hit me in my time of study in my time of meditation and uh, sitting before the Lord, um, I just, I heard the Spirit of God speak to me about relationships. And do you know that the enemy does not like any type of relationship? And God said, when are my people going to wake up and figure this thing out? That you know without a shadow of a doubt that the enemy is going to try to attack any type of relationship. Mother, daughter, father, son, um, you can say friend, friend, sister, sister, brother, brother, pastor, member. That's a big one. And he most definitely going to try to attack husbands and wives. But it seems as though we have not gotten the concept that we have to recognize when it's the enemy. And that's why the Bible tells us not to be ignorant of Satan's devices. Because he knows that if two can come into agreement, one can chase a thousand, two can chase ten thousand. And he does not like it when you have a hookup with who you hooked up with. He doesn't want that. Because you're stronger together. And he knows that if I can just cause a wedge, if I can just bring in disagreements, if I can bring in uh, frustration, if I can bring in um, a misunderstanding, if, I can, if he can bring in all kinds of different things that causes a relationship to tear up, I'm telling you, he's absolutely doing a great job with that. Because the people of God, we have not gotten it down pat to know that this is the enemy, and this is our chance right now. Kick him out, rebuke him, whatever you got to do in order to keep moving on. Amen. And so when we get that down, Pat, your lives, our lives will be so much better. So much better if we recognize, if we recognize the enemy when he comes. Because he's coming. That's, right. That's a given. And, and for us to sit here and think that the enemy is never going to bother you, you must not be a child of God. Because the enemy will come and he will test your relationship. Bishop has said for years, our 
relationships will be tested. And most of the time, we fail the test. But I don't want us to fail it anymore. We want to be alert and aware when the enemy tries to come in and cause a wedge to come between you and whatever relationship you have with the loved ones in your life, you recognize him and kick him out. Amen. Amen. I want to I speak from a point of view when we honor our spouses. When we honor our spouses. Of course, my foundation of scripture um, is going to be kind of a twofold. Uh, Ephesians 5, 22, 33. You know, that's one of the greatest ones when we're talking about marriage. But I want to talk about Romans 13 and 7. When I think about... Bishop Harvey B., um, I've been knowing him a long time. We met when he was 10, I was nine years old, not knowing that we were going to be in holy matrimony in 1982. Um, but evidently, he watched me, evidently, I watched him. And um, my mom seen something my mom seen something that I didn't see. And, <laughs> and um, even though he wasn't a saved man, he was a good man. That's the type of man that he was before we got married. But uh, because uh, our neighborhood um, supermarket, Harvey's grocery store, uh, he was there uh, first and foremost. Their, their first, I guess you made history. He was the first black uh, cashier at this Harvey's grocery store. And they made a big deal out of it back in the day. And uh, that was a big deal, you know, wonderful. Uh, so when we used to go in and see, I used to hate to get out of the car. Mama, get yourself up and get in this car. Get in this store with me. You're going to pick out that grocery for me. Okay, Mom. I, went, I said, well, don't you mess with that, that boy in there. She said, get yourself out. That boy going to be your husband. I see him. He's a good boy, and you just don't recognize good. <laughs> and that was at the age of 14. We didn't hook up until I turned 17. And uh, remembering the time that we, back in the day, as we went to church all day long, we um, went skating. That was our highlight back then at 7 o'clock. The skating ring opened up at 7 o'clock. You know, you go in there, flashlight, you know, that type of thing. So this one wasn't skating, though. He was scoping out the women. No, I'm telling it because you were scoping me out. Yes, yes, yes. So every time I would come around, I just see this grin on his face. Every time I roll around, you know, you roll around and you got your little skates on and you dancing to the beat or whatever, whatever, whatever. And uh, so right after one day, one time I did get off the skate floor, he was standing right there and I had no other choice but to run into him. You know, cause some, yeah, that, that was the Lord working that thing. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and, and so he just said, you know, he called me and everything and said, well, um, when are we going to go out? I said, never. <laughs> yeah, it was. That was cold, wasn't it? But um, uh, so as he kept talking or whatever, and, and so um, um, I said, he said, well, I'm going out of town, but next week I want to call you and see if you want to go out with me. I said, okay, all right, I'm going to give you a chance or whatever. All these knuckleheads around here, that's what, that's what I'm thinking in my mind. But, um, but you know, um, that first date, it, it was just Owen and Papa. He just did his thing. He just did what he needed to do and won me over. And here we are 41 years later. But I want to tell you this. From day one, 
Bishop has always treated me like a woman, a queen, from day one. <laughs> Up until this time, and, and even last night we were doing some, some work around the house or whatever the case may be, but um, just so caring, so concerned, so sensitive to my needs. And I can be thinking something, and he just gets up and do it. I can just speak something, he just gets up and do it. And I'm like, babe, you don't have to do it. I, I, I just said it just to be saying it. But he is so, so uh, considerate of what I like, what I don't like, and how we come to a place of honoring one another. Which the Bible says in Romans 13 and 7, render therefore to all their due. Tribune to whom tribune is due. Tribune, tribune, whichever one you want to say. Custom to whom custom. Fear to whom fear. Honor to whom honor. Honor means to hold of high respect and great esteem to be given importance and favor. That's why the Bible says, husbands, love your wife. In other words, saying, honor your wife. Husbands and wife, honor one another by knowing and doing their roles in their marriages. Honor has to take place, men and women of God, in order for us to have a successful marriage. Respect has to be high, on the, on the pole, for each and every one of us to have uh, what we would call a special, successful, godly life. If honor is not there, then you can forget a successful marriage. You can forget it. Because if no respect is shown to a man or a woman in the household, it's hard for you uh, as an individual to be your maximum. It's hard for people to be their maximum when they've been treated or uh, mis, mis um, I want to say disrespected, and, and don't have honor. Honor is a big thing, and I don't know. COVID did a number on the church. Somebody's still stuck in COVID and think that we don't have to give honor anymore. And honor is a plus. It's a, it's a must in any relationship. If you have a friend, you get respect. If your mom, your dad, you get respect. Husbands and wives, you get respect. Members and pastors, you get respect. And it gets you to places where you don't even think that Lord, the Lord would take you. So I don't know why we're so hesitant when we say, can you stand and honor the man and woman of God? What, what's the problem? What is the problem? Do you think they too, you're going to get them too? Don't worry about them getting too high. God got them. You got to worry about that because he already said, if you exalt yourself, I'll make you in a base. But if you humble yourself, I will exalt you. So honor is all that you are humbling, humbling yourself. And when you humble yourself, God exalts you. Honor exalts you. It exalts you in a place that God wants you to be, and things happen that you never, ever thought would happen in your life. What is the roles for a husband and a wife in a godly marriage? Perhaps more than any other time in history, women and men, let me start right there. I have never heard of so many people on the news killing their husbands and killing their wives. Y'all been hearing that? I said, the devil is doing a number in the homes. Well, these women are plotting to kill their husbands, plotting to kill their wives. And my thing is, if you don't want them, just leave them. Just, just leave them. But no, they want that insurance money. They, 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 they think it's a game for them. And, and I'm looking at some had three children, some had four, one couple had five children. I mean, they're killing each other because there's no respect or honor in the home. 
perhaps more, like I said, women and men today need a clear understanding of how they should relate to their husbands and relate to their wives. In fact, the significant social change brought about a lot of things changed when this women's liberation movement over the last few decades have led so many people, so many women in confusion. Now, I'm going to come down the role of, a, of the women because, you know, the men say, Pastor, just let the men have it all the time. Pastor, just let the men have it all the time. Well, it's not pastor. It's the word. It's the word that you are responsible for your marriage. Amen? Women feel as if somehow, if they submit to their own husband, that they, they lose their true identity and their freedom. And they think it's an outdated, antiquated standard. And that only people back then, only women back then, submit to their husbands. I have heard 20, 30, 40, 50, and some 60-year-olds say, I'm my own person. And I get it. We are. But if you're married, well, first of all, if you believe in Christ, you're not your own. And then if you're married, you don't, you, you're going to have to you sign up to be subject to your husband, especially if he's in his rightful place. And I know that submission is a bad word for some people, but we don't understand submission is just saying, I'm willing to be led. I'm willing to be led. That's all you're saying. And what you're saying is, is that I want to be led by a man of God. So that's why men, you have to be in your rightful places to lead somebody. But don't leave everything up to the woman, because if you do, we're going to take it. We're going to take it. That's just our nature. It's important for us to look clearly at what the Bible says being in subjection to your husband. And while the Bible doesn't apply our modern world word that I'm talking about today, the roles in the marriage, the scriptures are clear about the unique responsibilities God assigned a wife. Um, this is what the wife's responsibility is, and I want to go through it right quick, if I can, and I may stop and elaborate some. Um, some, you know, more than others, but I want to just bring, try to hammer this point to you. And I realize that I am not God. I realize I'm not the Holy Spirit, but I am a voice piece for the Lord. Amen? We got to carefully understand that our husbands is the head of the household. And I know it's not being taught in churches. I know it's not popular. I know that we're in 2023, and he got his thing, I got mine. He got his money, I got mine. He paid his bills, I paid mine. But that's not what God intended for the marriage family. First and foremost, women of God, we're here to be a helper to our husbands. Now, helper don't mean that we're slaves. Let me clear that up. Slavery is over with. It was done with. We ain't going back there. But I'm clearly here to help Bishop fulfill this assignment that's on our lives. We don't have, Bishop and I, we don't have different assignments. Because why? We're one. And if you're married, you have an assignment. Now, what that is, you got to figure it out. You have to figure that out. And, and some people just say, well, he got his life, I got my life. Well, you got to merge him some kind of way. Because the Bible says it's a mystery that we shall become one. Amen? While we are called to be helpers, and so to speak, we are sort of like, not we, we're not the Holy Spirit, but we are kind of like the Holy Spirit who will come alone and assist whatever the vision is. The Holy Spirit is a helper, a comforter, a keeper. Uh, and we're sort of like that, women of God. We have such great power. 
but we got to channel it in the right direction. Genesis tell us that God realized it wasn't good for a man. This is Genesis 2, 18. It wasn't good for a man to be alone. Now, who said that? God. God said it. Not saying that men are not good, good, but they will be better, better with a wife. Men ought to clap. Um, your wives are there to help you, assist you. Not be your mama. Not be your daughter. But your wife. Which is a difference. Mama do everything for you. Your wife may not do everything for you. And a daughter is there for you to teach and train them. No, that's not what you are there to do is to be a father. But you are there as, because she is a wife to you. She's walking side by side in the work that God has called you to. And it's a shame and it's, it's really sad that many men don't know what their assignment is. That's why it's hard for a woman to walk with you and assist you. You got to figure out what is your assignment. A helper is someone who comes beside the person and assists, not take over, but take and follow instructions of a plan and a vision of the responsible party, which is the husband. The husband is the responsible party. And um, I want to say this, <clears throat> excuse me, when Bishop told me he was called to preach, I just stared at him just like I'm staring now. <laughs> Growing up in a household where my father and mother was in ministry didn't look good to me. And I seen the hurt. I seen the pain. I seen the tears from my father and my mother when things wasn't going as good as they thought it was and members betray you, talk about you, and you know you get doing all the good that you can do. You're giving your last. You're going picking up people. You're buying this. You're buying that. You're in, you know, investing in people's lives, and people just give you, you know, their hips to kiss. So I didn't want nothing to do with that, but he said he was called. To preach. And I said, you doing what? You call what? Remember that? He said, the Lord called me to preach. And my word to him, ain't, ain't no money in that. I said, what? And I said, when when you gonna start preaching? He said, I'm going to talk to the pastor. And I'm like, then I gotta go? Yes. Okay, all right. I was all right with him being a deacon. Because we went through the ranks. Brother, deacon, minister, elder, pastor. Now we in the bishopship. And so I'm like, oh God, I don't know if I want to deal with this, this here issue here. But you know what? I had to get on board. Because this is what God called him to do. And he called me to come along and assist him. And evidently he knew he couldn't do it alone. So God set everything up for us and we are here now. And he, the next thing I want to, want, to talk, want to talk about is that we got to not only be a helper to our husband, but we got to respect our husbands. A respect, to me, is putting people at high regards regardless of how you feel about it. You don't have to care two cents about the president, but you got to respect that office. You don't have to care two cents about Bishop Harvey B.B., but you got to respect the office. And I respect anyone, any, anyway, but I'm just saying, really, I go to another level when they say they're a pastor, they're a bishop, they're this, they're a mayor, they're a governor, they're whatever, whatever, whatever. It takes it to another level for me 
then so say now this is a call a God called and a God ordained position. So I don't want to ever find myself disrespecting a man or a woman of God. We got women pastors, you got men pastors, or who, whatever they say that they are, I just, hey, I'm going to disrespect you for who you say that you are. And it don't matter how we feel about it, and that's the problem with people and in their marriages. It's because your feelings don't match up, you think you have to dishonor. We can't do that as a people of God because your feelings get all in the way of what God has told us to do. Now, how many of you all watch the royal family? You know, Prince Charles and Diana and all of them. Um, I know they're dealing with a lot of issues. I know they are. But I watch the people, how they treat the queen when she was a living. Now, I don't know too much about her life. Well, I'm talking about personally. You can read about it, but I'm talking about personally. I don't know if she was a mean person, she was a nice person, whatever type of person she was, but they gave her the utmost respect. Just like we do President Biden. You might not like him, and it's okay. But God didn't ask you to like him. But there has to be a level of respect, even for your boss. How many people don't like their boss? Don't raise your hand. But you still have to give them respect for the position. Because the same way you treat somebody, guess what? It's coming back to you. It's going to come back on you. One day you might be a boss. And you're going to have a knucklehead that's always going contrary to what you have asked them to do. But then you remember, and the Lord let you recall the times that you were disobedient and weren't following the rules. We live in a time now where a lot of people don't like rules. They want their own rules. They want to do what they want to do. They want to say what they want to say. They want to be disrespectful. They want to say, hey, I don't have to do that. That's why this country is in shambles the way that it is. When President Obama was in office and that man, whatever that speech was going on, he uh, blared out, you're a liar. Who does that to a president? And nothing is being said or done. And now we got people that just want to do whatever they want to do and say whatever they want to say, go wherever they want to go, and they wonder why they're having all kinds of issues going on in their lives. We have to be in a place where we give respect, and especially in the homes. Wives, never, ever disrespect your husband, especially in public. I have been around lots of pastors, lots of wives. My husband's um, reputation in this city uh, precedes him everywhere he goes. Thank you, honey, for upholding the standard of what a true man and woman of God is. Thank you. And I have seen where the pastors treat their wives any kind of way in front of myself, my husband, or whoever else. They don't care who's around. And my spirit just cringe every time I see that or be in the midst of that. And I'm sitting here like, and now and you want your congregation to honor you? Look how you're treating your wife. Look how you're treating your husband. And you want respect? Respect begets respect. In Ephesians 5 and 33, Paul says, the wife must respect her husband. When you respect your husband, you reverence him, you notice him, you regard him, you honor him, you prefer him, you esteem him, and I can go on with him. It means that you value who's in your presence. 
you married God's daughter for the husbands. Husbands, uh, wives, you married God's son. And we have to know who's in our presence. Because you could have got a jack leg for a husband. You could have got a hoochie for a wife. But you got the value who God gave you that's sitting in your presence. You, you could have got a hooker. You could have got a drug addict. You could have got all kinds of things out there. But God gave you who you have today. So we got to respect that. You got to respect who's in your presence. Because a lot of times we take it for granted. Who's in our presence? You know, the other day, um, Bishop and I, we do a lot of things together. Uh, we were eating dinner, and, and, and um, I was uh, fisting his plate, and, and I know they say that modern people, women don't do that. Praise God, whatever. I, I still do. I, and I enjoy, I enjoy, I don't think it's a burden. You know, some people, well, honey, you know, uh, she just do that because that's old school. Well, call it whatever you want to call it. I enjoy fixing my husband's plate. I enjoy serving him. Now, do I want to all the time? No, because I may have something else I'm trying to do, but then I quickly remember he's valuable. He's God's son. I can stop pitter-pattling in the kitchen long enough to feed my husband. Because if you don't feed him, somebody else will. My mama always told me, she said, listen, listen, take care of your husband. Because if you don't, then he might be looking somewhere else. So take care of your husband. That way you don't have to worry about nobody coming up in your face. Talking about they with your man. Because I, 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 I don't mess with nobody's husband. I don't want nobody messing with mine. You know, you want to see another side of Veronica. I'm saving love God. But when you start messing with that husband and them children, you, you, you going to see something else. I ain't, I ain't smiling either. Because I value who's in my life. And I guard who's in my life. I'm going to make sure I protect who's in my life. To the best of my ability, we're going to make sure that they know, hey, you can come home to mama any time you get good and ready. My children know that. I have an open door policy. Where's Jerry's? Uh-huh. He, 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 he back at home, but he, he about ready to move out and get his new place now. So praise the Lord for that. But, but they know that they can come home anytime. I don't ever close that door for my children. You 18, get out. Don't come back. I never said that to my children. And I never will. Because I want them to know that they have a safe place that they can come home. And I want my husband to be able to, whatever he's doing, I know he's going to roll down whatever road he's on, turn on Moody, and then turn up in country lane, and then turn on country court, because he's coming home to mama. We want to value one another because, and I'm looking at the time, we want to value one another because of the fact that so much Devaluing is going on in our society. So many people are down and out. Nobody never spoke into their lives. They, they're being treated as if they're not human. They're being treated like it don't matter. They're being treated like I don't need you. They're being treated like what you're doing here. And we don't ever want to do that. When you value your husband, self-confidence comes in his manhood. When you value your husband and listen to your husband, they mean that it makes them feel like somebody really valued their opinions. 
They like the companionship and they like to be needed. I don't hear so many women say, I don't need no man. And I tell them, speak for yourself. I need mine and I want mine. Speak for yourself. Meet the needs of your husband and, and respecting your husband gets his attention to know that I don't need no other woman on the side. And you want to keep them excited about your love life. Therefore, I know, I understand we live in a time now where, hey, the food has got all kinds of things going on in it, and you may be gaining a little weight or whatever. Well, still work on it. Work on you. Go get your, your walk. Go lift some weights. Do something to keep yourself up. Looking good, smelling good. Lotion your bodies. Clean your bodies. Smell good sliding in the bed to that aroma say, ooh. Work on yourself. Don't let yourself go just because you're married now. You got to keep yourself up. Let that aroma keep him coming back for more. Love your husbands. Titus 2 and 4 calls wives to love your husbands. Get a good description of, of the kind of love your husband needs. He needs your unconditional love. When they make a decision and it may have not gone the way that you thought, you can't go over there and say, I told you so. You got to say, honey, okay, that didn't work out. What did we learn from it? Let's move forward. You, you cannot make a man feel like he's this big and think that he's going to make big man decisions. You got to still build them up because we're going to make some mistakes along the way. Some things that uh, we have done in our, in our relationship, Bishop has always been a businessman. He's always had a vision and he's always thinking. He is so busy, even at 60. He's he going to be 61 tomorrow. But he's, I said, you're so busy. Sit down somewhere. He said, well, I'm going to take a nap. <laughs> Yesterday, he said, I'm going to take a nap with you. I said, what? You're going to take a nap with me? I said, my goodness. Then he woke up. He said, ooh, I was sleeping. I was sleeping so good like you, like you were, the time that you were pregnant, I was just sleeping up something. I said, well, wake up. Wake up, because ain't no. <laughs> Wake up, sir. <laughs> I said, we done did all our baby stuff. We're going to still practice, but listen, we done did all that baby stuff. <laughs> I said, get up. I said, hurry up. Sit on the side of the bed. Hurry up. Hurry up. We have so much fun together. Oh, help us, Lord. But these are the times where you love your husband and meet their needs. And it's sad to say we're in a time, and I know we have children in here, so I'm going to have to see how I want to say this. Make yourself available to your husband. Is that a better way of putting it? We are so busy doing busy things and not the right thing. Some things can wait. And you can hold off till tomorrow, next week, next month, or whatever. If you can hold off. But we're so busy, and we're too busy where it's becoming an epidemic. I call it an epidemic where they say 40 to 50% of marriages are sexless. 40 to 50% of marriages are sexless. No intimacy whatsoever. Now, I understand if there are health challenges, things going on, or you get yourself together, and if the Lord can, can allow you to go to a doctor, get yourself together or whatever, but if there's no intimacy,
intimacy, then that means that we are not growing closer. We are growing apart. And we don't want to grow apart because of the fact that the enemy is sitting back laughing. If you cannot perform like you used to, at least you can hold hands. You can kiss. You can cuddle. You can still find ways to be intimate with one another. And I know, I know, it's got that hush ministry right there. Because uh -huh. the 50% of the couples are saying they don't need it. And I know we're not in marriage ministry. By the way, marriage ministry was the bum Friday night. Hats off to the Galloways. God bless you all. But you got to make time for intimate time. If you don't make time for them, then the husbands, they are more highly sexual than a woman is, and they're going to look for it somewhere. Make yourselves available for your husbands, women of God, for those of us who are married. And like I said, if you cannot perform like you used to, you can cuddle, hold hands, kiss when you leave, kiss when you come back home, give each other a nickname, give each other a good night kiss. Bishop going to miss his kiss every night. Babe, you ready for your kiss? The book says, tell your spouse at least one time a day that you love them. But I tell you this, tell each other as many times as possible. Tell your spouse, I love you. As many times as you can. When I was younger in my marriage, my husband used to say that all the time. And I used to be crazy. I'd be like, babe, you got to say it all the time? He said, because every time I look at you, I just fall in love with you over and over. And I had to say, say it again then. Say it again then. But he's always telling me, babe, I love you. And I thank you. I thank you for being my lifelong partner. It's very important. So not just once a day, tell them as many times. Because we don't know. So much is going on, people. We see where the, the, the island Maui just went up and smoked. Out of nowhere, this thing happened. And these people lost everything, and the death toll is climbing. So we don't know the time or the hour when the Lord's going to call us home. But we take it for granted. I'll be there when she come. I'll be there when I get there. No, 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 no. Any time of the day, you can pick up the phone or shoot a text. Babe, I love you. I appreciate you. And I need you. Call each other sometime during the day. Write a love note to one another. Bishop and I, we write love notes to one another. Sit down. And where you both can come up with ways that can enhance your marriage. Marriage should not be where it just make you go into a, make you feel like you're a zombie. Uh, uh, when I got married, I'm better than I was when I, got, when I first got married. So in other words, guess what has happened? We have invested into each other. We invest into each other. You don't get married to go down. You got to choose a partner that's going to bring something to the table that build you up. You got to marry up for where you are. You should, you should be looking for somebody to take you up higher than wherever you are right now. You, you got, you, when we got married, we had borrowed furniture. We don't have borrowed furniture now. I got nice, real wood in my house. 
when we was when we was dating. Little sunny Nissans and things like that. You ought to be going up the ladder. Let's go up together. Let's move up together. We got to go up together. And we marry somebody who will help us. And this is my last little point I want to make. In the book of, of Ephesians, the Lord gave a commandment in Ephesians 2, 22, 5 and 22. I'm not going to read. Well, let me just read this, and then I will take my seat or call my children up. When the Lord gave us these scriptures, he started out with the wives. And I wonder, why I'm like, Lord, why you started out with the wives? Verse 22, wives, be subject to your own husband as unto the Lord. 23, for the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ also is the head of the church, he himself being the savior of the body. But as the church is subject to Christ, so also wives ought to be to their husbands in everything. That's three verses, right? 25th verse, husbands, love your wives, just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her so that he might sanctify her, and underline sanctify, having cleansed her by the washing of the water with the word, that he might present to himself the church in all his, her glory, having no spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she would be holy and blameless. Now that's three verses already. Let's go to the fourth verse. So husbands, also, uh, also to love their wives as their what? Own bodies. He who loves his own wife loves himself. So how you see a wife, that's how that husband feel about himself. Verse 29, for no one ever hates his own flesh but nourishes and cherishes it, just as Christ also does the church. The, 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 the Lord nourishes and cherishes us. So therefore, the husbands need to do the same. Verse 30, because we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. Ephesians 5.30. Men, you have six scriptures. Women, you have three. Why do the men have six? Double, you got double. So, so when we say, I'm glad I'm a woman, say it proud. I'm glad I'm a woman. Because the men, you have a huge responsibility. When you say that she, you will present her to yourself, sanctify, you got to sanctify her. But how are you going to sanctify her if you're not sanctified? You got to get sanctified full of the Holy Ghost in order for you to sanctify the wife. You got to get before the Lord. You got to pray. You got to read your word. You got to get on a place. So for those of you all saying, my wife, she ain't, she ain't respecting me. My wife, she ain't doing this. My wife, she ain't doing that. And God said, uh-huh, a husband, what are you doing? If there's no honey in the moon, husbands, fix that. If there's no money in the bank, husbands, fix that. If the family is out of whack, husbands, fix that. Because God is giving you the power and the authority to fix whatever it is that's going on in the home. You have a huge responsibility, and therefore, wives, that's why we're here, to help them. Not burden them, but help them. I'm a helper. I'm not someone who will harm my husband. I don't want to see him go down. I want to see him go up. I want to see him succeed. I want to see my husband make it, and I want to see him flourishing like never before. So I embrace I embrace being the wife of Bishop Harvey B. 
I embrace his calling. I embrace his position. I embrace what God has called him to do. Because I was fighting it at first and things weren't going right. But now that I have embraced what my man of God is doing in his assignment, the windows of heaven flew, they flew open. I'm bragging and boasting in the Lord because of the fact that I'm living in a house that I never even dreamed of. I'm driving whatever I want to drive. I go to eat wherever I want to eat. If I want some money, he's my human bank. And it just didn't start when we were just started pastoring or we pastoring now. It's been like that from the day that he took me on a date. That I can say, honey, can I have this? I need this or whatever the case may be. And he goes into that pocket. Ooh, that turns me on. And this, ooh. This is my human bank. He makes sure that all of my needs are met with heaven's best. He makes sure that I get whatever I like. And I'm not going to ask for something that I know he, we can't afford. I already know that. I ain't asking for all of that. But he goes out of his way to make sure that Veronica and these children, even though my children are grown, they ain't gone, but they grown. That little girl of mine can call her daddy and he comes to her rescue. Whatever he needs, she needs from her daddy. I know she got a, she got a whole big husband. But she still know I can call my daddy. I called him one day. He was home. I said, what you doing? I'm babysitting EJ and Eli. What you doing with EJ and Eli? Well, Myra had to run to the Walmart and this and that. And she bought. I said, whew, okay. But I'm just saying. I'm just saying. He makes sure that everybody, everybody that's connected to him is blessed. Especially JB don't move. But anyway, that's our, our genius baby, if I want to call him that. He comes up with all kinds of ideas, and Bishop be trying to support in every way. They come up with some great ideas, I'll tell you that. But I'm thankful to the Lord that he has been my rock. He's not my solid rock, because Jesus is my solid rock. But he's been my rock. So he told me the other day, sweetheart, whatever, he said, now listen, we, we passed 50. And we, I'm getting ready to, he's turning 61, I'm getting ready to turn 60. He said, now, this is where we are preparing to retire one day. We already was preparing, but we really got to look at it closer, because we're closer now. So he said, I want you to know I have taken care of everything for you. I got everything lined up, laid out for you. Our rental properties, he just paid off our last rental property. Praise God. Our bank accounts, our investments, all these things that whatever he has to take care of or whatever, he said, I got you. And I want you to know you don't have to worry about nothing. And I thank you for that man of God. So why do we celebrate him? We celebrate him because he is a gift to the body of Christ. A lot of people take it for granted, but you better know that God had you in mind when he allowed August 14, 1962 to come, knowing that he was going to bring in this man of God to lead the people of God to the promised land. Amen. So let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Love you, Bishop. I appreciate you very much. And I'm glad to be your wife.
And I just want to, um, I, I don't want to think that everybody in here have a personal relationship with God. Even though we are celebrating our bishop, let's celebrate Jesus, who is the one that have orchestrated all of this for such a time as this. And I want to ask if there's anyone here that want to give their lives to the Lord. Don't be afraid. Don't be ashamed.